Crypto, Secrets of the Trade, hosted by BJ Pyros. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of Crypto, Secrets of the Trade. Today we have someone who's very well known in the crypto community, a true OG and full-time crypto trader, SoCal Crypto. SoCal, thanks so much for coming on the show. Hey, what's going on, man? So you were recently at Voice of Blockchain um, a few weeks ago. How'd, how'd that end up going out for you? Uh, I had a blast. Got to uh, meet a lot of people I've known for a long time in crypto, uh, like Coin Artist and Sicarius, to, to name a few. Uh, hung out with uh, Bitcoin Birch, uh, just a lot of people I finally got to meet and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, not to mention that the uh, conference itself, there was a lot of very interesting panels uh, as well. Uh, so that's always a bonus, you know. <laughs> right, for sure. And it seemed like um, Voice of Blockchain Chicago was a little bit smaller than than other conferences. Do you want to just talk about how, um, I, I know you've probably been to a lot of conferences, so how that kind of differs and maybe what your favorite one you've been to is? Uh, well, actually, that was the first conference I've uh, I've been to. Wow! So uh, yeah, that uh, it was fun. But uh, in perspective here, I think there was about twelve, fourteen hundred attendees, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took consensus five years to get a thousand attendees. Wow! And this was the first year for this one. And after what has it been? Almost nine months of bear market. Uh, so light attendance is to be expected. Uh, but it, it wasn't really those light attendances. They they booked a massive venue. So right. uh, it, it was kind of hard to, to fill up density for a, a size that big. Right. That makes sense for sure. So let's jump right in here. Um, as for how you got into crypto, um, listeners, uh, SoCal did a great interview with the boys over at Crypto Street Podcast. I'll link to that in the um, in the podcast description. Um, but SoCal, if you just want to give just a little brief uh, snippet of, of your history in crypto, you don't need to go in too much because they can go listen to that episode, but um, maybe just a little bit on that. Uh, well, uh, learned about Bitcoin in 2010 thereabouts and uh didn't actually get into it until 2013 and been in it uh, i've been in crypto ever since uh doing everything from uh mining to trading to uh, you know just kind of a little bit of everything only thing i don't do uh unfortunately is programming yeah but, uh, <laughs> that seems like that's like the the most desirable thing right now is all the everybody wants a good programmer so yeah it's, it's funny it's really weird to understand the tech but not be able to create the tech it's it's kind of weird but I, I totally hey relate. you know uh you know uh, i i i've been in long enough that uh i mean you have to understand it if you've been after you've been in as long as i have if not then i don't know what the hell you're doing <laughs> right. So do you have oh. any go ahead, sorry. Uh, no, sorry. That um my mistake. Go ahead. So do you have any background in like traditional trading or anything of that nature? I know you, you said you have a tech background. Uh well yeah, I have a IT background professionally, but uh 
I did retail trading uh, prior to getting into crypto uh, for myself. Uh, I was uh, fairly successful. I was profitable. So that's all that really matters. <laughs> right. So for so that kind of correlates then that kind of probably carried over to crypto a little bit. So initially in, in your trading career with traditional markets, what was your learning curve like? Or did you just jump right in? Oh, or? oh gee, yeah, I jumped right in and I paid for it big time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I approached crypto the same way I did stocks, and I got annihilated <laughs> when I when I first started, uh, for sure. There's a huge learning curve, massive, but uh, I just kept plugging away at it and uh, found a couple of couple individuals that were e- extremely helpful. Uh, I know I mentioned Sicarius earlier; he was one of uh, the early individuals that i uh you know took uh took some trading lessons from not that he was you know giving away any lessons or anything had a group or anything like that just you know following him on twitter and listening to what he had to say and stuff like that uh and then i also found uh the site uh baby pips which uh is actually for forex trading but surprisingly enough it applies to crypto almost one-to-one so uh, it was extremely helpful in uh, helping me establish the fundamentals needed for crypto trading. And then after that, it was just a lot of trial and error and experimenting with different styles until I figured out something that worked for me. That's awesome. Yeah, that seems to be the case with a lot of people. Um, so I, I actually have heard as well, a lot of people do compare it to Forex. Um, but it's still, I mean, it's different. It's crypto, but I've I've done some learning on forex as well um so then how how long would you say that your your learning curve was till you could actually come up with a system for yourself where you were more profitable than not uh i'd say well it took me about the first year i was in crypto but i was also still in the military at the time so i was not devoting a, a as large of a percentage of my attention and time as I would have liked to crypto at the time. So while it was over the course of a linear year, I, the, the, you know, cumulative total, I probably only spent a month or two within crypto during that year. Cause you know, I was busy with the military and everything. So it, it took me about a year, year and a half until I, I was able to finally focus the amount of time and stuff that I wanted towards crypto and came up with something that was at least more profitable than not. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's, that's pretty tough to, it's a like you said, it's a lot of trial and error. So yeah. Are you more of a swing trader, day trader? And how does that depend on what market type or cycle we're in? Yeah, uh, I, I go, uh, ooh, wow. Well, there's swing trading for me rules the day in a bull market because you only want to hold on. You only have to hold on to something for two or three days and it's blasting off. So, uh, as everybody saw in 2017, you know, you, you bought something two days later, it went to the moon. Bought some other random coin two days later, that one went to the moon. So in a bull market, swing trading rules the day for me. Uh, 
in a bear market like we are now, um, I would I go more with longer term holds and also uh, day trades. I, I narrow it down to day trades because there's really not that many swing trade options left. So uh, in a bear market, so either you go for your intraday 10, 20% moves or you're, you know, you, you grab up and accumulate good solid projects while they're cheap so that the next bull run, you make a huge profit. Right. For sure. And that, that actually brings to mind so many questions I have. Um, two in particular though, that I think listeners would be interested to hear is being that, uh, being that you've been in crypto so long, uh, there's so many different market cycles in traditional markets and even in crypto that we've seen even in the past few years. So are there a few that you can pinpoint that are reoccurring that you've seen? Um, I mean, alt seasons one, everybody talks about that, but do you want to elaborate just on the, on the cycles you've seen? Uh, well, I mean, when it boils down to it, there's really only two cycles, boom and bust. You're bearing your bull market. Uh, Right now, obviously, we're in an overall bear market. However, because uh, everybody always says, oh, how is this compared to 2014 and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's entirely different. First, all, oh, first off, it's massive. This bear market cycle so far as a fractal compared to the last one is massively accelerated this one so it doesn't look like we're going to be in a drawn out two three year long bear market like we were last time at least here's hoping you know uh secondly there's so much like there's so many more people there's so many more resources so much more money in crypto now than there was in 2014 back then people legit thought it was the end of crypto like okay that was a fun experiment everybody <laughs> but you know, see you later. This is not going anywhere. Like people legit thought crypto was dead, like for real. But now, I mean, now look at us. Everybody, yeah, you got CNBC screaming, Bitcoin's dying. <laughs> uh, um, if, if you look at it, though, um, anybody who bought before 2017 is up a huge amount. So, no, Bitcoin's not dying because everybody who bought before 2017 are the people that have been here and that are going to be here for years, no matter what the price does. So, no, crypto's not going to die or go away, and it's just going to grow from here. Right. Yeah, for sure. And I've I've heard a lot of the same things. I mean, it's all on Twitter. Um, and so those, those market cycles then, I've heard a lot of talk about um, traditional markets move a lot slower. Crypto is extremely condensed market cycles and, and just things happen oh, yeah. so fast. Has that sped up or slowed down since you got in? And do you see it changing anytime in the future, slowing down or speeding up even more? Well, uh, I've seen uh, basic, yeah, I've seen an an overall acceleration of market cycles. Like I said, so far uh, in this bear market compared to the last one, we're much farther along uh, in, in the cycle than we were at this point in time, you know, the last bears of market. So uh, I have seen, you know, like I said, an increase in uh, market uh, cycle, market cycles, but uh, uh, 
Right. I believe with uh, sorry, I believe with uh, further regulation that uh, governments are trying to impose on crypto that could have uh, the alternative effect of slowing down these market cycles and uh, making making the assets less volatile than they are. Right. The the dreaded fear of everybody right now, like <laughs> we don't really want that, but at the same time, we kind of do. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't. <laughs> I'm of the camp of I don't want regulations in crypto for the simple fact that I mean, this was supposed to be people becoming their own banks. There's no room for regulation there. This is if it's private transactions between individuals. What 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 room for regulation is there? None. I I see it's more of a government's attempt to curtail crypto's uh, effects at wearing away their control base, which is their control over the money supply. Right. Because at the end of the day, that's the only real power the government has. Because without money, they can't do anything. Yeah. And I'm kind of like in between, like I'm kind of, of the, of the camp that's like, I don't think it should be totally unregulated, but I think the SEC doesn't know enough. A lot, like a lot of the comments they've made, um, shows that they they need to do more research so that they can talk about it uh, with more knowledge. So that's been kind of frustrating to hear that in the news and stuff like that. Yeah, I I would agree. There's not one single government entity that is competent enough to draw up uh, a you know legal framework that would work for crypto. Because none of them understand it. None of them care. And if anything, they're probably afraid of it. Right. And it's just, like we said, it's such a different market. Like, it's not like anything out there. Like, it's so different. Yeah, it's entirely new asset class. Right. Um, so, with going off of that uh, tangent, then, actually, brings me to one of my other questions, is the aspect of uh, security tokens or tokenized securities. And... I've seen a lot of projects that are developing that. And I, I think that, in my opinion, that might be where the next bull run um, is going to come from. But then it also made me realize even more what people are saying about most projects right now are, are not going to go anywhere and are going to die. Um, how do you, what's your whole opinion on all of that? Uh, I see. Yeah, it, it, it is going to happen because that, that's what happens after every boom cycle is you have your bust cycle and that's there is going to be a die off of projects it's going to happen which ones i i couldn't honestly say uh you know i'm i'm not going to name any names but uh that that requires the the listener to do their own research but mm-hmm. uh you know uh it, it it's going to happen we saw it happen uh, last time, uh, it's happened in all markets, not just crypto. In all markets, uh, for all of of as long as markets have existed. So I mean, you know, there's been the boom bust cycle. So yeah, we will see a die off of projects for sure, and it's already starting to happen. I'm already hearing whispers and such of of big ICOs running out of cash. So uh, I I mean, hey, it this. They did disclaim that though when they they held their token sales. You know they said this is you know there's risk with this. You know, right. but uh, it's it's gonna happen. However, this is when 
you start looking for the solid projects that don't go under. And those are the ones that will probably do very well next bull bull cycle that comes through. Feel like I should should have disclaimed that uh, I'm not a legal nor a financial professional, so uh, don't don't take anything I say <laughs> as as official. Uh, and I am not either of those either. So nothing here is financial advice. I put that in the notes, obviously, as well. Um, nothing's financial advice for entertainment only, everybody. Yeah, um, I probably should have disclaimed that about 15 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Um. So getting back to the trading side of things, yeah. um, are you more fundamental analysis leaning or technical or just a combination of both? Uh, it's really a fallacy to not use both. I mean, uh, I, why would you not? That's intentionally blinding yourself if you know, don't use all the tools available to you. So uh However, uh, it does depend on the setup and the coin and what I'm trying to accomplish. Therefore, if it's an absolute scam coin that I know is a freaking scam, all the fundamentals are terrible. Again, not going to name names. <laughs> but <laughs> right. if, if the TA is good, like really good, I might, you know try and make a trade on it and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but uh like there was one quote-unquote token uh rhymes with cripple that <laughs> i would normally normally never ever 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 touch ever however when it finally broke that mythical 25 cents and it hit 50 cents and had no sign of slowing down i jumped in wrote it all the way to $3 and sold it when CNBC told a bunch of retards to buy it. I mean, I'm sorry, people, but if you bought it when CNBC told you to, you don't need to be in this game. I mean, uh, you don't. You uh, Just put your money in a bank account because that's probably the safest thing for you to do. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, so uh, the TA on it, like I said, was good, even though the fundamentals were absolutely horrible. So that's, uh, you know, I, I made a trade off of that and it was profitable. So that was, that was nice. But so it, like I said, it all depends on the situation and, and the coin, but I do use both. Awesome. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that is like you said, the most logical, uh, with regards to TA, are there any indicators or any methods you've seen that you think are just garbage or that, um, in your opinion, obviously, don't work, um, either for you or for anybody. Uh, maybe just elaborate on that. <laughs> this is smart, awesome stuff, but uh, uh, not a huge fan of Elliott Waves. <laughs> but <laughs> however, in, in respect to a couple friends I know that do use that ridiculousness, they somehow make it work for them, but the vast majority of people don't know don't don't use it properly or or whatever and uh it it more often than not ends in tears <laughs> oh I'll, I'll, i'm sure i'll have some fanboys refuting me but whatever uh i myself am more of a fan of the uh ichimoku cloud with b bands okay nice and yeah ichimoku has come into to play a lot recently when did you start using that because i've seen more and more people start using it 
about closer to the beginning of 2017. Uh, I actually learned of it from uh, Carpe Noctum. Nice. So if you wouldn't mind, um, I, again, you can decline this if you want to, but maybe just give us an audio example of like a setup you might take um, with with something that might look good with the Ichi Cloud. <laughs> uh well uh like i said uh, i i could go very deep into that but uh, uh instead i'll direct people to the master and uh, uh carpe noctum actually goes over all that kind of stuff uh both in his youtube channel and sometimes on his twitter as well so uh i would feel more comfortable directing people to the master <laughs> for sure for sure um and so another another more general question then is crypto is 24 7 um and that obviously affects there's no open there's no close really um yeah so have you seen any patterns regarding um, more action during certain times of the day or more action or less action weekends holidays anything in that regard there is uh, uh, a little, well, normally on the weekends is when you see shenanigans occur. But uh, however, for the most part, at least during the week, uh, activity and volume normally follow traditional market times. So you'll see spikes in volume towards the uh, opens and closes of the traditional market times. So for Asia open and close, you'll see spikes. For uh, uh, London open and close, you'll see spikes. And for New York open and close, you'll see spikes. Uh, so like I said, at least during the week, it, it does tend to at least loosely follow uh, traditional market times with volume uh sliding depending on where you are geographically and what time it is so you know uh in obviously volume in the u.s starts to slide off once it starts getting late over here however volume on the asian exchanges will start picking up around that time because that's morning towards afternoon in asia right and so you talk a lot about volume do you use vpvr at all that's that's the side um volume indicator right uh yeah that it is a, the the sidebar uh volume indicator uh no i i do not use it uh, i won't pretend to say that i do <laughs> okay um and again more of a general comment um are you any kind of maximalist i know a lot of traders are profit maximalists but um do you do you think bitcoin is is the one uh full-time or Maybe elaborate I, on that as well. I do think that Bitcoin will always be the main, the big daddy, you know, that nothing will ever supplant Bitcoin. Will it lose market dominance to other more specialized coins for specialized Re, uh, for specialized applications, yeah, sure. Just look, just like uh, Ethereum did with tokenization. You know, they kind of filled that specialization gap and took the corresponding market dominance. But at the end of the day, what everything's based off of, what everything's going to be built upon, what everything's going to run off of, I do believe will be Bitcoin. You know, uh, on the overarching architecture, like I said, for more specialized functions and such, I do believe 
other coins will will flourish. Uh, but at the end of the day, Bitcoin will always be king. Right. So you you don't think there's going to be a flippening ever? No, not not in the sense that everybody expects. Like I said, do I expect Bitcoin's market dominance to continue to erode? Yes, I do. But not being overtaken by any one coin. It's because there's going to be a whole bunch of super specialized coins that are going to take their little slivers. But everything is going to be dependent upon Bitcoin. Right. In one in one way, shape or form. Like I said, uh, because Bitcoin's not just going to stand still either. They're constantly developing it. They're constantly working on improving it. Uh, they being the Bitcoin developers, obviously. So uh, uh, it, it's always evolving as well. So uh, I, I'm not too worried about any sort of uh, flippening that a lot of uh, altcoin fanboys right. uh, were expecting to occur in 2017. Right. For sure. And um, on that note, too, do you so ETH futures will, will likely come out for CBOE near the end of the year. Do you think that'll have similar effects to what happened with the Bitcoin futures last year? Uh, perhaps uh, volume on Ethereum is a lot lighter than Bitcoin. And we already know that volume on the CBOE is pretty thin. So well, relatively speaking, is pretty thin. So, you know, uh, it, I, I, it's undeniable it will have some effect, but I don't think it's going to have a huge, massive impact. You know, like yank Ethereum price back up to $1,000 or something like that. No. Right. And do you have a, any type of um, opinion on the next bull run whether maybe it might be from an etf or maybe if we're gonna maybe kind of just trade sideways for the rest of the year or just maybe some thoughts on that if you wouldn't mind my speculation because that's all it is is <laughs> everybody opinion is. and speculation my speculation is hopefully we start to uh, form a reversal towards the end of the year maybe even middle of next year at my again, again, emphasis on mm -hmm. my worst uh, hopes and estimates, but because, uh, uh, like I said, we're we're running at a much faster pace through the cycle than we did last time. So, correspondingly, uh, worst case scenario would, for from my estimates, again, would be uh, you know middle of next year before we start the reversal into a bull run. But uh, that's just my speculation. Of course. Um, and so a lot of people are talking about like a true capitulation before we get a reversal. Do you think we've had it yet or do you think it's coming up and what, what might that look like? It's tempting to say we've already seen the bottom because we've dipped to about, what, 58, two or three times now and just have not been able to go any lower. Mm -hmm. So it's it's real tempting to call the bottom already being reached. Bitcoin does have the nasty tendency, though, to always do the least expected thing. So we might go lower just because shenanigans. I I honestly couldn't tell you. But my absolute bottom orders are set around 4,800, 
you know, around that area. Interesting. Um, Cause I know three K is like the thing on Twitter, but then if everybody's saying it, probably not going to go there. So <laughs> However, Bitcoin does love to do the least expected thing. So, yeah, you never know. You got to be prepared for every contingency. 100%. And so with regards to trading psychology, um, I know that it's, it's different for everybody. Do you personally have anything that you are prone to struggling with and that you've improved at or maybe that you started and it's changed into struggling with something else? Um, Anything like oh, that. I used to second guess myself all the time. I would upset as soon as I entered a trade. I would obsess over it if I was making profit, if I was making a loss. You know what the price is doing, whatever. I would obsess over it, and I had the nasty habit of just letting my emotions be unchecked and. Uh, if profits were, were, if I was in profit, I would never take profit because I'd get greedy. And if I was at a loss, I wouldn't hold, you know, if it was just a little flash dip, I would sell at that bottom because I'd be freaking out, losing money. And it instantly bounced back up as soon as I sold. So learning to control my emotions has been uh, probably the most useful tool uh, in trading and partially I do that, you know, distract yourself. I play, I enter a trade and then I go play video games with my buds so that I'm not sitting there babysitting that trade and second guessing myself and obsessing over it. I'm too busy, you know, playing overwatch or, or whatever, you know? Right. So oftentimes, Traders will have their system, something will line up exactly with when they know they should take a trade. And then we get into the Bart Simpson low volume type <laughs> stuff. How do you how do you personally deal with that when you know that there's a trade um that that looks good to you, but then it's we've been doing Bart, so you again you're you're second guessing yourself. How do you deal with that? Take a step back and sit on your hands. <laughs> so is that don't a, go into a trade. Is that a no whenever trade zone for you? Yeah, whenever there's a lot of lot of chop and a lot of just weirdness going on, I'll just stand back. If it's a overall low price, uh, relatively speaking, obviously, then I might add to a spot position. But as far as any sort of futures positions goes, hell no. I just sit on my hands and I wait for the market to calm down and figure out what it's going to do. That's that's really smart. I've heard that from several people. Um, seems like everybody experienced knows when to do that and when not to do that. Um, regarding another big theme is when the Bitfinex shorts chart starts to pile up. And I, I've seen it play out several times this year where shorts get really high and there's either a squeeze or market manipulators just try and screw the most people over. But... I'm getting to the point where I'm wondering is are they ever going to screw people over because people think that it's going to go opposite of the shorts chart, if that makes sense at all. Um, so it's kind of like a double uh, like confusion there, if that makes any sense to you. We just saw that happen not too long ago. Uh, I forget exactly when it was, but it's when we saw like the uh, 
two, what was it? Two five minute candles or two one minute candles that was like four or $500 up and four or $500 down. It was just absolute ridiculousness. Yeah, that's what's called a double uh, double uh, stop run. Uh, they they did a stop run on all the shorts, and then they did a stop run on the longs immediately after. So, yeah, of course it happens. It's just, again, that's part of the gambling you know, aspect of it. You don't know when it's going to happen. So it's just one of those things that you have to price into your risk profile. For sure. And in your opinion, um, obviously, again, always your opinion, what is, uh, how manipulated is crypto and will it get worse? Because I've heard a lot of comments about people saying the traditional markets are also manipulated. So do you see that getting worse or better? Or how, how much is it right now? Right now, I think if there is manipulation, it's small time compared to what happens in traditional markets. I mean, I remember uh, reading an article about some jackass that determines daily interest rates in London or some change the rates by a couple uh, points for his buddy. So his buddy could net a big trade all for half of a sushi lunch. (laughs) Like, Like the amount of corruption and... And manipulation in traditional markets is not only endemic, but it's controlled and sanctioned at the highest levels. I mean, because who do you think is gaining from all that? Of course, it's the people that are, quote unquote, making the rules and supposed to be policing these markets, which they don't. Everybody knows all the governments are controlled by whoever has the most money. Everybody knows this. Whatever. Moving on. Uh, in, in crypto, uh, it's a lot. It, it, there is manipulation because there's manipulation in every market. However, uh, I don't see it as endemic yet as traditional markets. However, as we see institutional players enter the market, the manipulation will become more consolidated into their hands, just like in the traditional markets. Uh, Unfortunately, they have the money. So uh, not everybody in crypto actually gives a damn. So they will sell out to individuals that have the most money to offer them. And once they get enough coins, they can do with the market as they please. Right. Um, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, you brought up a lot of good points on on all of that. Let's get into, um, I, I heard is one of your favorite areas to talk about mining. Um, yes. What, I've heard so many different opinions. Uh, what's the actual cost to mine one Bitcoin? Because um, I've heard it varies by country. I've heard it, I've heard it varies so many different things. So I'd, I'm curious to hear your opinion on that. Yeah, uh, well, no, that that's correct. There's so many different variables that it, the price it, to what it costs to mine a single Bitcoin does vary widely from country to country. Normally, the biggest uh, variable in that is electrical prices, where you are geographically. That's obviously the biggest variable, but there are others. So, you know, uh, it, it does depend on, on which country you're in. Unfortunately, that's just how it boils down. 
Right. Some countries, some countries, it's cheaper than market price. Some countries, it's uh, you know over two times as, as expensive what the market price of a bitcoin is to to generate one to mi- to mine one bitcoin. So I mean, it, it depends on where you are. Right. And so briefly, uh, what's your comment on um, the Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash mining profitability debate and whether people, miners will shift over to Bitcoin Cash based on mining profitability? Mm, Doubt it. Bitcoin (laughs) Cash is having so many problems. What is that? Craig Wright is blocking everybody. Bitmain is trying to hide the fact that they took a massive freaking loss investing in Bitcoin Cash. Roger Ver is as insane as ever. I mean, <laughs> that's just a complete and utter, I mean, pardon the language, but it's a complete and utter shit show. Right. So, I mean, uh, that, it is what it is. Now, uh, will some miners choose to mine it? Sure. Everybody's free to mind what they want, and people always. There's always going to be somebody who makes a bad decision, you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, will it overtake Bitcoin mining? No chance in hell, man. Awesome. Yeah, I've heard a lot of different arguments about that. Um, so, how much would it cost to put together a good mining rig uh, for for a noob? Prices right now are actually better. Uh, I personally use nvidia cards because at least at the time when i did my comparisons which was over a year ago so the these numbers are obviously out of date at the time though uh nvidia was exactly one third more in every aspect to amd as in yes it cost a third more however uh i got a third more hash rate so to me it was just you know space wise it made more sense to just go with nvidia and get more raw power for you know my space so uh anyway uh i i go with uh, nvidia mainly uh, but it, i would say probably around you could do a good rig for uh, a starter rig for a noob for about three thousand or so, uh, GPUs obviously never, ever, ever use ASICs. Ever don't, just don't, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so, was your learning curve? How was your learning curve with learning how to mine? Was that more natural for you because of your IT background? Yeah, it, it was a heck of a lot easier for me because of my IT background, especially since. Uh, I was already a huge fan of hardware, so uh, it was it was it was actually uh, what attracted me first. Uh, I actually started mining first before I started trading um, in, in crypto. But uh, yeah, the the mining was definitely a, a much easier learning curve for myself uh is like i said it it kind of uh merged well with my background already uh, my professional background for sure and i I hear a lot of people um a lot of people who've been in the game for a while for crypto um a lot of them are just like oh i got back into i got into crypto in 2013 mining doge so (laughs) that's a common uh i've heard that a lot so 
Uh, oh, yeah. I remember when the script algorithm was brand new, man. <laughs> that was the only algorithm. There's only two algorithms at the time. There is SHA-256, which is what Bitcoin uses, and then script. I remember those were the only two mining algorithms at the time. The simple days. <laughs> yep. So, hey man, if you could get a couple kilohashes on script, you were killing it. <laughs> <laughs> so... What about masternodes? Are you a masternode guy? Yes. Awesome. And how is that different from setting up um, like 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 what you need? I know you, you don't need as much detailed hardware for that, but how does that setting it up? Because it's still a fairly technical process to, to set up a masternode. It is. It, it helps. However, uh, a lot of masternode coins are making auto-install scripts now, are releasing with uh, auto-install scripts. So all you have to do is know how to set up a, a VPS, which is literally point and click. So, uh, it, and then you just copy-paste the, the script from the website or whatever, and then just paste it into your VPS and hit enter. And it, it sets everything up. So it's pretty easy. However, you will run across uh, the random master node that has to be set up manually. Uh, I've found, though, that most of those coins have helpful communities that uh, are very responsive. So you can quickly and easily get in touch with somebody on Discord normally uh, and you know get some help setting up the uh, master node so and uh, a lot of coins also uh, release uh, uh, walkthroughs as well uh, whether they contain pictures some of them contain pictures videos you know but uh, a lot of them also release detailed walkthroughs on how to install the master node itself nice yeah that's i have seen that the the, the communities are getting more um, more involved in all of that so what are your arguments uh for proof of stake versus proof of work. So like, do you, do you have a preference towards one or the other? Um, I, I utilize and like both of them. Uh, you know, obviously I'm a fan of POW because that's what my favorite thing to do ever, which is speculation mining, spec mining. Uh, <laughs> spec mining is entirely dependent upon POW, obviously. Uh, however, masternodes are dependent and, and passive income is dependent upon POS. So obviously I'm a fan of both. I don't I don't prefer one over the other. I love them both equally. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so I think that that should about wrap up. I also just wanted to 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 see if you had anything you wanted to tell listeners or if you have anything big coming up or anything you wanted to um anything you want listeners to check out uh check out procoin p-i-r-l and uh mills token <laughs> those are two projects i'm two projects i'm uh associated with uh, i'm on the team zone for those coins so uh just go look at those projects see if you like them let me know I'm on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And listeners, you can find uh, SoCal at uh, SoCal. So it's so underscore. No, it's SoCal underscore crypto, right? Yep. SoCal underscore, uh, underscore crypto. Perfect. Um, 
So thanks so much, everybody, for listening in. Thanks so much, SoCal, for being on the show. It was uh, it was really awesome to have you. No problem, bud. All right. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Um, listeners, we'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining in. Nothing in this podcast is financial, trading, or investment advice. Nothing is a recommendation to buy or sell anything. For entertainment purposes only, trading and investing is very risky. Any actions you take are entirely at your own risk. Do your own research. Everything in this podcast is based solely on opinion. 